<laughs> and who have you guys been? I, I've always been Dougal. I'll be Jim for some time. And that's the end of the show, guys. Brilliant. Thank you. Woo! Woo! Skish, skish, balloosh, motherfuckers! Right, that really was a bad right. shit. What the fuck were we doing? Now? Yeah, I know, that's fucking atrocious. Right, on to the next one. Okay. On to the next one. Let's just, let's just hammer into it. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Welcome to Tunaboot! Hey! <laughs> and this is the only podcast where we start with doing the fake end of the first podcast and then start with the second one right after! Oh! oh. Curveball City, how you doing? Only in Brazil could you find this entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only podcast that's entertaining in Brazil. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's a fact. Be our yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Welcome to Shoot a Boot! What's happening, Liam? So what are we doing? Today Come on. we are doing an episode where we are taking some of the top films that were never made and pitting them against each other to see which is the best film that we've never seen. Absolutely. So before we do that, if you just want to follow us on our socials, it's Tuna Boot on Facebook, at RealTuna underscore Boot on Instagram. And gmail.com. You looked at me like I actually know them yet. And you, you started it off really high at the <laughs> whole time when you started. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought I maintained a, a decent pace. No. Really? Yeah. You're a mind fucking me this whole night. I don't have to do Five stars, us please, guys. Yeah. Five stars. Spotify. And Apple. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere else. If there's a star system, make it five. Yeah, we haven't checked all the star systems, but there is some. If if you like to spray paint like shutters and stuff with your tag, why don't you tag us in? Five stars. Do you know about podcast as well? If you're a graffiti artist. If anyone sends us a picture of the graffiti that they've done, it says at at real tuna underscore boot. If you're giving a eulogy at a funeral, just say... The deceased's favourite podcast was Tuna Boot and hand out those same links. That would be fantastic. <laughs> if you could put them on the little bit of paper that you get with the order of songs and at the bottom say, after service, listen to at real tuna underscore boot. Then yeah. do that. Two, yeah. two in one night, by the two way. Two in one night. Uh, yeah. yeah, please do that, yeah. You could, instead of writing, you know, call this number for a good time on the toilet, Yeah. you could go, listen to tuna boot for a good time on the toilet and we might get people with the wrong idea but we still get people and that's the main thing isn't it absolutely uh, so this episode is uh sponsored by chorizo the king of cured meats have you ever put chorizo in anything ever because it will always make it better there's never a dish that won't be made better by chorizo the king of cured meats say liam I've made a smashing mac and cheese. How could I make it better? Do you want to know how you can make mac and cheese better than mac and cheese? I mean, it's good enough as it is, but is there a way to elevate it? Absolutely, Jim. Chorizo, the king of cured meats. Thank you, my life's changed. Hey, Liam. Shuck it in. Hey, Liam. Yes? I've tried to be healthy. Uh-huh. And I've made a salad. Yeah. But it's a bit dull. 
Is there anything I could add to that salad to make it a bit better without going overboard on the calories? Better cheese? Nah, nah. Because, well, first of all, we need something to clear up that salad is inherently dumb. That's true. But, you know what, feta cheese is actually a good show. But also, chorizo, the king of cured meats. Thank you, chorizo. Thank you, chorizo. Garlic, paprika, pork. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the episode. This is the most passionate we've been about a sponsor since Bud. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand. So, yes, we are making a bracketed list of... Sorry, I'm just trying to screw up here. Nothing makes a <laughs> list more fun than brackets. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you know you know those brackety things? We're doing one of those. Uh, two against two. Uh, they're going in. It's good fun. We're doing it with films that have never been made. And I've got a list here, and we're going to talk about them, why they've not been made, and see which is the best one. Excellent. Cool. Let's so, go. Round one. Oh. Round one. We have... Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon versus Werner Herzog's Conquest Herzog's. of Her- Herzog's Conquest of Mexico. Right. <laughs> that just sounds like something Werner Herzog's doing the weekend. <laughs> no, I, no, I am a big Kubrick fan, and I'm not aware of this. Well, here you go, Jim. Let me know. So, Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon. What was it? Kubrick's Napoleon was to be at once a character study and a sweeping gigantic epic covering not only his genius but his early life in Paris as a protégé of various affluent families. Okay. Originally proposed as his next project after 2001 Space Odyssey. I was going to ask at what point in his career that was. Yeah. He pitched it as a five million production. Five million dollar production. Whole budget. Uh, in, in today's money, that's a roughly about $100 million. What, with inflation, $5 million is now $100 million? Yeah. Wild, isn't it? That can't be right. That's crazy. It's it's probably right. <laughs> with, I, I mean, it's inflation as of, and like what movie studios do these days. Mm. It's a bit of both. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was supposed to include upwards of 30,000 men as extras for battle scenes. Okay, yeah, that does sound... Costly. Names like Ian Holm, Alec Guinness, Laurence Olivier and Patrick McGee were thrown around. David Hemmings was to play the lead and Audrey Hepburn as Josephine. Wow. The studio eventually balked at the price tag and it didn't help that Rod Steiger's Waterloo beat the film to the screens and then flopped. Rod Steiger. Okay, so, so an epic with um, Napoleon at the centre. I mean, Kubrick is a good person to helm that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Took off the back of that film, which was, I don't know if it was a huge success, but since then it's been lauded as one of the greatest films of all time. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to hear, I think, want to hear the other one. I think Kubrick could do a really good character piece, though. Mm. I do think, like, I mean, even the thing, like, what he, you know, Clockwork Orange, Shining, that sort of thing. Shining was Kubrick as well, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They, they are really interesting character studies and studies of psyche. Yeah. based on something else which he it was, you know, that was sort of his forte so I could see him doing something really good with that yeah I'm in yeah, yeah okay yeah right so next up we have Werner Herzog's Conquest of Mexico what was it? it was a long cherished project of Herzog's which returns to the familiar theme of a European colonialism in the new world 
but sets out a fictional narrative told from the point of view of the conquered Aztecs. Was he a name back in those? Okay, I don't, I don't know his career that well. No, me neither. No. No, do I. No. <laughs> All right, well, so the last well, thing you saw were in a hurt talking. Well, he would be directing us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but as an actor, he was in The Mandalorian a couple of years ago. He's an actor too. I, I don't know now. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote Cuban right off the bat. So the, 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 this is where I've got a little bit of kind of thing because I think Kubrick's epic Napoleon's like wife story would be fucking awesome. Yeah. But also telling a European con- conquest story from the Aztecs' point of view sounds fucking great. That does sound interesting. But mm-hmm. if we're we're film, say we're film execs and we're trying to find which unmade movie we want to make now, mm-hmm. say. Liam, we've cut off our relationship as being the execs, and now it's me and Jim, and we are, who are we? Name a film studio, Warner Brothers. We're that Warner doesn't, Brothers. That doesn't matter. Just, just, just. just I, I'd, I'd say. Well, this is why I do it with Liam. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're Kubrick. I'd, I'd, I'd go Kubrick all the way. That's a safe pair of hands. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Both of those films sound quite boring to me, and quite laborious historical epics. Yeah, but I mean that's if, if one of the other, but just because I I'm, I'm gonna go Kubrick. I don't know who we are. Who did you say Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers, Brothers yeah. yeah. Warner Brothers. I'm gonna have to make it because it might be specific to each production that we're. No, well, I mean, we'll just be, we'll just be, we'll be, we'll be studio execs for an undisclosed company. But we have. We haven't said our name. We have all the money. Yeah, we have, we have it all. We're all the money production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kubrick, Kubrick wins. Yeah. Kubrick, Kubrick, Kubrick in the next one. Right, so next up we have Ken oh, Russell's God. Dracula versus no. Claire Noto's The Tourist. I'm interested by Claire Noto's The Tourist. So let's start off with Ken Russell's Dracula. <laughs> what was it? A version of Bram Stoker's tale only told by the always controversial, shit starting infant, terrible Ken Russell. Also, partially autobiographical. Did I I say that right? Autobiographical. Autobiographical. (laughs) He, and quote, said, my Draco would be a... Philanthropist. With a taste (laughs) for the blood of genius. His regular muse, Oliver Reed, was eyed for Dracula, and the cast could have included Peter Ustinov, Peter O'Toole, Mick Fleetwood, Sarah Mills, Mia Farrow, Lucy Michael York, James Coburn, and many others. Wow. The cast sounds good. Yeah. The premise sounds shit. Yeah, Dracula is a philanthropist. <laughs> What's the other one? Let's, let's, go, let's, go, let's go. Claire Noto's The Tourist. What was it? Set in contemporary Manhattan, the tourist followed a beautiful 30-something female executive who counted herself among a secret group of exiled aliens on Earth, desperately trying to get back home to their home planets. Noto's script started in 1980 and has often been cited as similar to Blade Runner. Its moody, atmospheric, and unexpectedly sexual overtones also suggested that the alienation and tragic nature of the hunger and the exotic mien of the creatures from Ridley Scott's Alien. Well, I can't really remember what the first one was, so I'm going to go for the second one. Yeah, I think like the the idea even of watching the existentialism mm-hmm. of an alien trying to find its place mm-hmm. on its new planet because that's where it needs to be. And struggling and getting hunted down, I think it's actually a really fucking interesting story. Yeah. And calling it the tourist as well, that's a lovely title. That that'll draw people. Yeah. Let alone the, you know, 
a film with Johnny Depp and Janet Porter, uh, Jolie. They did a film called The Tourist, mm. in which yeah. Depp played a mathematician that could shoot people. So, I mean, there might be an issue with that, but yeah, I would go for The Tourist no. out of those two, for sure. Right. Well, we misspell Tourist. No one will ever know the difference. <laughs> two two O's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so, next up, we have David Lynch's Ronnie Rocket. Any ideas? What this is? No. No. Oh, no, wait, is it? How many rounds have we got to go through? We've got two more, and then we got the semis, and then we got the finals. So this is going to no, be the... We've got this two. Yeah. And then we've got this two and this two. Yeah, so this is the quarters, and then we've got the semis, but we know what the va- the things yeah, are for the semis, so it's easy. Okay, okay, right, right, sorry. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm always worried. I know. So... I love you. David Lynch's Ronnie Rocket, what was it? Conceived in the aftermath of a racer head, the story followed a detective seeking a mysterious second dimension, aided by his ability to stand on one leg. This one. <laughs> Don't have to read the next one, that one. He's also being stopped by the Donut Men, who, <laughs> who wield electricity as a weapon. Yep, yep, all the way. Simultaneously, the tale of Ronnie Rocket unfolds. A teenage dwarf <laughs> rock star who needs to be plugged into an electrical supply, which gives him power over power, <laughs> which he can use to produce music or cause destruction. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, this, that's going to be a big one, the next one. <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't even have to tell me what happened. I think I know what happened. People heard it and went, no. What's the yeah. other one? Yeah, just tell us yeah. the other one. So the other one is David Cronenberg's Frankenstein. Although that does sound good. That does sound good. Mm. What was he going to do with it? So it was a cerebral, cerebral horror maestro Cronenberg took on Mary Shelley's classic novel. I am I'm someone who can comment on this quite regularly because I am very distantly related to Mary Shelley. So we'll go for Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I think the uh, Frankenstein's been done. Our family, we've made no money from them so no far. No one's ever done no, that Lynch one. No, no one has. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like we 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 all agree, and I'm sure Mary would if she was still here with us. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's been yeah. Thank soon. you very much. That's my great 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 auntie. I'm really sorry for you all. No, it's it's okay. I got over it <laughs> at some point. It's been about two years now since I I recovered. <laughs> so up next we have Orson Welles' Heart of Darkness. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, Versus... I've heard about that. Tim Burton's Superman Lives. I've heard about both of these. I think I've heard about that, yeah. Okay. So, Orson Welles' Heart of Darkness was an adaptation of Joseph Conrad's bleak psychological horror masterpiece. Which later became... Apocalypse Now. So, apparently, though, this was the first screenplay that Welles ever wrote. (laughs) Uh, And Heart of Darkness was also the first film he would try to realise. He was planning to shoot the film about... 165 long panning shots representing the protagonist Captain Marvel's point of view as he began his slow, uh, long, slow journey through the jungles of Africa. And Wells is going to play the lead. Okay. That's quite interesting, though, the 165 long panning shots. Mm. I don't know if I could watch it. I mean, it's 162 too many for me, I reckon. Mm. Three? Um, you can fit that in through the rest of the film, yeah. Happy man. Yeah. Yeah. Add 162 to that. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, I'm 
panned out. And so, pandemonium. Thank you. So, following <laughs> Orson Welles' Heart of Darkness, we've got Tim Burton's Superman Lives, which is maybe the most famous aborted superhero reboot in history. Way back in 1996, work began on a new Superman uh, movie that was inspired in part by the cape hero's return to cultural consciousness following the death of Superman comic book storyline. Kevin Smith, a noted comic book hero, big up to Kevin Smith, was hired to write the screenplay. Hey, I've heard about this, yeah. yeah. In part because the scene, uh, in part because of a scene in Mallrats when characters discuss a kryptonite condom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was but, this not the one that Nick Cage was attached to? Yes, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that it was who, who was the director in the end because it wasn't going to be Tim Burton. It got moved on to. Can't remember. Um. So there was there was the Nick Cage of Superman thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Great. Nick. Nick Cage, another superhero nerd and comic book freak, signed on to play the title role. So, Orson Welles' Heart of Darkness, which is a hundred... I don't want to see Welles' long tracking shot version of that. Yeah, I... I think think the main thrust of that is seeing Nick Cage as Superman. Sidebar. He named his kid Kal-El. Sidebar. There's a Nick Cage film coming out where Nick Cage, Nick Cage plays Nick Cage and he's on an island and he's with just a bunch of folk and he's just being Nick Cage. I saw the uh, fucking trailer right, yeah. the other day oh, and it's yeah. it's the it's the Nick Cage-ist of Nick Cage things because it is just Nick Cage. It's mad. <laughs> Say Nick Cage again. <laughs> Nick Cage. Nick. Sorry, it does. It looks great. It does look good. Anyway, Robert Bresson's Genesis. What was it? It was an adaptation of the book of Genesis. Woo! From the Bible. There's one bit of chorizo left for you, Diddle. Chorizo, you. <laughs> chorizo. So, yeah, so Robert Bresson's making the book of Genesis into a film. What happened? So, basically, I would have had to tell the story of creation from the span of the creation of the universe all the way to the building of the Tower of Babel. And to summarise it, without going into too much detail, he was worried that he wouldn't be able to get the animals to do what he wanted to do. <laughs> 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 Against that is Martin Scorsese's Gershwin, which is Gershwin. biopic of American composer George Gershwin. It was a victim of a studio politics. It was a victim of studio politics and indecision. Taxi driver, screenwriter Paul Schrader wrote the original script in 1983, which was going to be a big, lavish, and epic production. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd rather Scorsese got something made than the other cunt who sounded like an arsehole. But no, but I, I was thinking, I was just like, well, Scorsese's not Gershwin or Dean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, but we'll, we'll still pick him. Yeah, cool. Okay. Pick his way. So Gershwin. We'll have Gershwin. Gershwin. Fantastic. Who's Gershwin? Some guy. Some bloke. <laughs> Some bloke what did a thing once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Alright. Now we've got Terence Malick's The English Speaker against Alfred Hitchcock's Kaleidoscope. Okay, okay. So the the English Speaker, um, specifics are notoriously scarce to the tune of a single screenplay draft popping up on eBay in 2010 before being snappled away and never reappearing. But this highly personal passion project was based on the pioneering study by talking cure proponent and Freud forerunner Joseph Brewer of the 1880s 
psychoanalysis patient, Anna O. So what happened? There was a few Malik projects that could have slotted in here. The screenplay, according to producer <laughs> Bobby Geisler, Bobby Geisler, yeah. Bobby Geisler, one of the very few people ever allowed <laughs> to read it, was as if Malik had ripped open his heart and bled his true feelings onto the page. But author Peter Binks, Biskind described it as The Exorcist as written by Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. What's the other one? Alfred Hitchcock's Kaleidoscope. Yeah, Arthur. Alfred Hitchcock's Kaleidoscope. An unrealized story about a necrophiliac serial killer in New York City. Yeah, we'll go for women that. to their day. Yeah, we'll go for that one. Don't read the rest, we'll go for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Terrence Malick. Badlands is one of the best films ever made. <laughs> but a necrophiliac serial killer who lures women to their deaths. Yeah. So it's Andrei Tarskovsky's The Idiot. A a classic story of Holy Fool enmeshed in a triangle of love between two women whose moral fortitude does him zero good in a world of corruption and immortality. Okay. What's the other one? Not immortality. Immorality. Alright. That sounds even better. (laughs) Paul Verona's Crusade. An Arnold Schwarzenegger starring, immensely violent, historical blockbuster epic with a nice line in shit-stirring controversy. (laughs) including the faking of a miracle, the revelation of corruption and banality of the First Crusade, and the... What's the what's Pope thing called? The Papacy? The, yeah, the Papacy. Yeah, uh, at the time. As well as pointed <laughs> commentary on anti-Arab prejudice and anti-Semitism. An exhaustive plot detail can be found here, and a breath of script reviews here. That is just more... I, I am... I'm not going to lie. I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger and something about him doing something and nodded my head profusely until Jim laughed. <laughs> <laughs> but he also so, had his arm extended and he laughed and it was really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what else is going on, but I'm going for that one. Right. Okay, well, I thought the first one sounded more interesting, but I'm going to go with that one in this in an interesting... Because a bit of blockbuster. We don't have the blockbuster yet. We got the, we got the okay. other ones. Oh, yeah, I want a blockbuster. We've got all thinky things. We need the ooh. You say you feel want the fingers. Shut up. You, no, no. You say you want a blockbuster, Google. But here is Salvador Dali's Giraffes on Horseback Salad. A nineteen thirty-seven. I really don't want to go for this. That's so good. <laughs> a nineteen thirty-seven surrealist comedy screenplay adapted from Dali's original idea called the Surrealist Women which was to feature the Marx Brothers as its stars, alongside a distantly Dali-esque cast of giraffes in gas masks and dwarves as Groucho <laughs> et al. The central woman and her sitter journey through a surrealist cabaret. Oh my God. I mean, that that's, amazing. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's getting adapted for a nice fringe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're right. I hate you. And I really wanted to show you wrong. But... That's that's one I don't care about the rest of it anymore. Because <laughs> you said Salvador Dali, and I went, well, I'm, I'm going to be in. He's <laughs> my favourite artist. <laughs> and that is up against Sergio Leone's Leningrad, the 900 Days. No, that's not. Couldn't have pitched two offers at once against each other. So that is one of the best filmmakers of all time, but even I, no, 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 no. no. Well, if, if you're interested in hearing what it's about, it's an adaptation of Harris Salberg's non fiction book, The 900 Days of the Siege of Leningrad, which tells the story of one of the most punishing encounters in the history of World War II's Eastern Front. 
Leone's picture would have been told through the eyes of an American photographer to be played potentially by Robert De Niro. And he's trapped in a city as the battle begins, falls in clandestine love with a Russian woman, and together they fight to survive the siege, only for him to be killed on Liberation Day. Well, that does sound great, but no, I think... I think we yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I what, it was giraffes, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 G- giraffes on the horseback saddle. Do you know with a camera or... Giraffes, giraffes on the horseback saddle. I mean, that is that is a better title than I'll ever come up with. <laughs> yeah. uh, why? Why? It's it's almost like... It's like, why did Paul Thomas Anderson call it licorice pizza? I can tell you why. <laughs> well, well, we'll speak about it later. I can tell you why now. Okay, go for it. Because licorice pizza was a synonym for records. Ah, no, I didn't know that actually. But there's the pizza record. So why? Is it hard? I mean, why did Salvador Dali call it giraffe on a, hor- a horseback salad? Why were well, the I can tell you a gas mask? Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> a horseback salad. I mean, do I, do I need to explain it? Yeah, that's a cassette. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those old. Photograph things you used to wind up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you used to call it. Right. Back salad. So, First two that we're going against. Again. Right. So we've got Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon, Big Epic, against Claire Noto's The Tourist, the alien on Earth. Alien on Earth. Yeah, tourist. Bit, bit more interesting. I don't want anything that's too Thinky real. about stuff. It's more, I'm a more surreal fiction fella, as you know, because, you know. Dali's winning this, whether I, I care or not about the rest of them. What's the next two? So, Ronnie Rocket versus Superman Lives. Ronnie, Ronnie Rocket. Rocket, all the way. Super. I mean, as much as Nick Cage would be... I almost said Nick Cage. It's <laughs> not him. The other one. Although... But Nick Cage is Superman. Well, actually... Nick doing the soundtrack to a Nick Cage... Yeah, would be great. Well, I think Nick Cave doing the soundtrack as he's also being Superman and like reversing the turn of the earth. Yeah, I'm really annoyed because the original article that I found to base this episode off of had a film which was fucking wild that was actually written by Nick Cave, like the Nick Cave. Wow. Yeah. And I'm gutted because it's not on the. Well, it's his red hand thing that he writes all his short stories in his red hand website. Oh. Just... See, you could have had a Nick. You could have had a Nick Cave in your children's TV show. Nick Cave stage cave. It could be just Nick Cave yeah. to a permanent residency. Yeah. <laughs> right, so next up we have Martin Scorsese's Gershwin against Alfred Hitchcock's Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. The Kaleidoscope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. More interest, again, it's got me. We've never agreed on things quicker. But we're agreeing on things. And the next one is uh, Dali. Well, I mean, it is up against Paul... Vernerov's Crusade. Dali. Dali. <laughs> I'm just going to write Dali because it's really a lot easier than writing giraffes or the full title. <laughs> <laughs> giraffes on a horse saddle. So, next up we have... Inter- interestingly, the name of my autobiography. <laughs> the Alien Tourist versus Ronnie Rocket. Oh, it's getting... I... I'm going to go Ronnie Rocket. I think Ronnie Rocket as well. Yeah. I really, I thought that was a really interesting one. Why, why does it fool you more than The Tourist? I feel like I've seen The Tourist before. I don't think I've ever seen Ronnie Rocket before. Yeah, The Tourist being pulled out into different things and different amalgamations along the way. 
Yeah. I'm like, yes, okay, so maybe it's more on the arse end of the alien's perspective. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's something that's getting done a lot more and could get done a lot more now because, you know, like pushing something onto the alien perspective is like, oh, but it's an allegory for how people who have been minimalized now feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't think. I don't want to. I Yeah, there's there's an element of the tours that I feel was done in District Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love District Nine, so I wouldn't be bothered yeah. if like tourists didn't get me. Yeah. Anyway, next up we have giraffes and horseback salad versus Alfred Hitchcock's Toy Disco. Giraffes and horseback salad. Yeah, and that's also going to win the next round as well. <laughs> that's the winner it's mad it's crazy but I love it <laughs> what could it be if there if there was ever a title for a movie mm-hmm. that was going to get me on <laughs> right. so right okay so you know what what we'll do we know Giraffe and Horseback Sal is going to win so out of the three that are left what comes second what comes third what three are left we've got no, 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 the last two, sorry. So what the, comes second, the one that didn't win? the two that's left, what comes left and what comes third? What? What? <laughs> what was the second? Is that, is that the what second place? What second place? Is it Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Rocket <laughs> or Kaleidoscope? Giraffe. Giraffe yeah, Ronnie Rocket second. Is salad too. What comes left must <laughs> come third. Is this, is Ronnie the, Rocket is second and Kaleidoscope's third. Yeah. yeah, 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 I think so, I think so. Yeah, cause... I think it's it, it sort of comes down to with these things, the madder the better, and it, it's not because it's mad per se, it's because it's interesting. And we've had, like, a lot of those things that you brought up, the films that weren't made, were made. Mm-hmm. Just not made under the guys and under the directors that were doing. Like, Superman Lives was never going to win, because we've had Superman, as much as I love Nick Cave to be dancing about trying to save Lois Lane. Yeah. That's not as interesting as a giraffe on a horseback salad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's true. Now, I would like from you, from the from the rest of them, whatever one you remember, I want a special mention. Didn't make it to the end, but you would like to have seen. Malik's Terence, Terence Malik's one. The English speaker. Yeah, because I think Terence Malik is. Uh, he's 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 praised, but at the same time, he does make very self-indulgent films. But I think when he's on the mark. It's you know like the red line and um, Badlands are insane, like mm-hmm. uh, really good. And I even like the Tree of Life, which gets slagged off a lot. Mm-hmm. But I went to see that film on a Tuesday afternoon at two thirty in Aberdeen at the Union Square, yeah. the Cineworld yeah. Union Square. Mm-hmm. Just went there on my own, and I was it blew my mind. I understand why people hate it because it's a lot of people just walking around looking pensive, not saying much. Mm-hmm. But it goes from the birth of the universe to the lives of this family and everything in between. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I'm not saying he hasn't made self-indulgent shitey films. Yeah. Has, but as I say, Red Line and Badlands, just I mean, stunning, unbelievable. I don't know if I know many parents films. I don't know any either. I'm talking about I'm talking about it as if I do. I've only seen those three. <laughs> um, and I've heard about a lot of the other films. But yeah, the red lines. The you, I don't know if it is called the red. Yeah, it's called the red. Line. Uh, it's because it was mentioned. Yeah, the, the information the, that I the was war film. I mean, if there's one that's not that didn't win it, that 
sort of came not too close, but it would be um Christ knows what would be actually. I mean, I probably would like to see Wells' Heart of Darkness as well. Orson Wells, I think, is quite an interesting fella. It would have been interesting to see his his take on it. Yeah, hmm. I don't know about the direction that he wanted, but you know what? It's, it's one of those ones that if he'd done it like that, and he had got this full idea of what uh, like mm-hmm. out on film, mm-hmm. you would have to see it. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that could get released as a piece of cinema. By Orson Welles, starring Orson Welles, 165 sweeping shots, <laughs> and not see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the yeah. That's true. It'd be an undeniable. Yeah. All of them have to lose out to the fact that the next episode I do on this podcast has to be called Giraffe and a Horseback Salad. <laughs> I'm going to take that title and try and write a film. <laughs> and I pose that as a challenge to myself now. <laughs> it's going to be the most surrealist thing I've ever done. And I, I do surrealist shit all the time. That's all I do. So it's got to, it's got to really fight right above that level. Uh, yeah, I hate I hate that you, you knew exactly what was going to win the second you said it. And that's from not only knowing both of us, but knowing that I will stubbornly fight to the point where Jim will give up if he likes <laughs> anything else. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, join us. Uh, what are we doing next week, Jim? Well, before that, album recommendation. Album recommendation. <laughs> He's not even reading anymore. He's still can't talk. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I wasn't going to do an album recommendation. I was going to do a soundtrack recommendation for a TV show that I have enjoyed. Uh, you will only enjoy this TV show if you were a fan of the books, because it's not that great. But it's the the Alex Ryder season one soundtrack. Uh, Alex Ryder is the TV show version of the Stormbreaker books, that series. Yeah. Um, they are very, very faithful to the actual books, and I actually really enjoyed it. But it's not a great show. <laughs> It's very cheesy, very, very kind of kids bit. But also, the soundtrack's fucking phenomenal, including songs from Tom Walker, Jake Bug, KJ Elephant, Steelers Wheel, The Vaccines, Idol, Spectre. Wow. That sounds fucking great, by the way. It's it's a fucking solid soundtrack. I was wholly ready to (laughs) slug you off. Uh, But yeah, you've won me back. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, check out the show if you're a fan of the books, and if not, the playlist for the first season at least is on Spotify. I really enjoyed it. Next week we have a quiz, which I've written about uh, again on the f- about films. You have to decide which of the films are real or which are fake. And coming very soon, Tuna Boots Giraffe on a Horseback Salad. <laughs> Live, we're going to be in Glasgow. We're going to be in Edinburgh, Aberdeen. Portsmouth, Sutton, Easts. We're going to go East as well. Burnsley. <laughs> Burnsley? Stoke Just say to Burnley? They added an S. Stoke upon Trent. Um, Wherever that Darlington. Shakespeare was from. England. We're going to be everywhere touring that show. Really yeah, we, uh, yeah. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, obviously. Absolutely. Um, actually, though, like Brazil, the main one, the side Brazil, other side of Brazil, we're going to play Ignatia Falls in Brazil. We're going to do it on the waterfalls. I mean, yeah. that'd be fucking cool. 
Yeah. I'd love to go to the Magic. I'd love to go to the Falls, man. We're going to do a top Christ the Redeemer. It's going to be the one uh, person show. Because it'd be like Farrow is up there. Of <laughs> giraffes on a horse. <laughs> I don't know what about And this note aside, let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Um, I, I, I'm Jim. Are you sure? Nope. Uh, I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm Liam. And I'll always be Dougal. Thanks very much. Good night. Bye. Should I be? Skish, skish, <laughs> belish, motherfuckers.